jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out Are you cold or scared? Or... Uh, I'm cold. I'm scared. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm actually exceptionally hydrated, Stacy. I don't know. It's week two. How are you? Holy shit! <laughs> wow. Is it really two weeks? Has this been two weeks? It yesterday was two weeks from when I went to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire for the last time in the theater. When you saw it all by your lonesome. All by my lonesome. So yeah, it's been like two weeks of concerted quarantining. Completely empty theater uh, hinting at you as like, hey, Stacy, you like being alone, but have you tried it uh, in your house by yourself? forever if you if you like this experience wait till (laughs) you get a load of this plague although you know as as, uh, what happened um just at the end of last week a little blessing gift from us uh from 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 the gods from adele patine portrait of lady on fire did go on hulu so there's that there is that. That is a bright spot. Adele Patine. There is Adele a... Patine. She's Emperor Palpatine. Oh, Adele Patine. I see. One word. I thought you were calling her Adele Patine. And I was like, yeah, Adele not, that's Patine. Not, that's not her name. Yeah, that's my um uh uh what was it? Adele Adele Dazim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now Adele Dazim. <laughs> yeah, that's a bright spot. You can go on Hulu. It'll be on video on demand next month, but right now it's on Hulu. I think that's in a, a USA only uh, business. Disney adjacent. Disney adjacent, but you can watch it on Hulu and then you can listen to our Gaysterpiece Theater episode yeah. and you can just cry every tear in the world. Thank God it's on, on Hulu. I mean, that's really great. And I'll, so many people are going to see it. It does beg the question, does Neon care at all about this movie making any money or doing well at all? <laughs> but know. it's getting attention. So that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at least there's that. Now I've got that and I've got Birds of Prey uh, since that went on demand and now it's just on loop. <laughs> <laughs> just queen after queen after queen. Hmm. Yeah. I uh this episode now. If this episode stinks, I guess it's my fault. Not entirely. <laughs> I mean we'll see. I'm to how blame it goes. for the last one. <laughs> that well, my God. <laughs> That last episode broke me, listeners. <laughs> um, the Draculas. What All about the... Skype Renfield broke you? I just, here's the thing, is that you and I talked about this off the air, but just like, I I don't know. They say horror movies can be a comfort. And as a big horror fan, you'd think that would be true. But right now, I'm just not feeling it. Yeah, it's, I, I was telling you this, it spikes my anxiety lately. Like, I was watching, I've been watching even just little movies I love, and then, like, I start to go into little anxiety panics watching them. 
Yeah. I don't want to watch anything. I don't know. Seeing people in terror isn't a comfort to me right now because I am in terror. Like the terror isn't such an existential thing of like, oh, someday I'll die. It's like being kind of in the midst of everything. I'm not getting any comfort from people being afraid for their lives, I guess. <laughs> if it works, yeah. <laughs> like if it works for you that's awesome but i just haven't so we had uh scheduled for this week we were gonna talk about a movie we were gonna do the usual like talk about a movie and blah 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 and but i just couldn't i didn't want to watch it even though it's one i've seen a zillion times and i love i was just like i just don't i, I i'm tired of having a watching things and having opinions about them i'm just not in the mood for this kind of movie etc yeah so it was either think of a new format for this week or just not have a show at all (laughs) so so we're giving this a try i guess and structure structure does help i'll say so i think it helps i think it helps us to have something to do and i think it helps our listeners to have something to listen to sure um so this is a good alternative. <laughs> well, yeah. we'll see if it's a good alternative. We'll see. I mean, this isn't such an outlandish thing. Like, we've done question extravaganzas before, for sure. It's just, uh, I don't know. Spoiler I just... alert. Oh. Spoiler well, alert. Uh, wow. Sorry to ruin the surprise, everybody. It's... I set up the hats and the streamers and the curtains for a reason. <laughs> And you just walked him into the house saying, well, let's, guess what? It's a party. <laughs> Who likes surprises? Nobody. Nobody. You never Nobody. see, you never hear about the surprise party that ends in murder. That's true. Although I did watch, before this all went down, one of the last movies I watched um, in my home was After Midnight, that anthology movie. Oh, that yeah. J- Jason, Jason gave me the Blu-ray. It was very bad. But um, <laughs> one of the segments was about a woman. She, like, she goes to give a surprise, and but the guy is scared. It's, it's so stupid. They're in like an abandoned house, and the guy is all scared. It's his birthday. Um, and she has planned a surprise party. And when she opens the door and yells surprise, he's already got a sword in motion, and he cuts off her head. Ah! <laughs> So that's that's murder at a surprise party. That is. <gasps> See, it happens. Yeah, that movie stinks. And it's too bad because the cast is really good. It's got Marg Helgenberger. Mark Helgenberger. <laughs> it's got Judy Aronson from Friday the 13th Part 4. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck yeah. It's got her and it's got um, Pamela Siegel who does... She's a voice actress uh-huh. now. I think she does Bobby Hill mm-hmm. from King of the Hill. Yeah, they're all in it, but not a good, not, it's not good. And I do love an anthology movie, and my expectations for anthology movies are generally pretty low. Cause you, uh, they're, most of them are bad, but I, I love them. I watch them. Mm-hmm. I always, I'll give them a go, but there's always like the one corny story, right? The there's one long-ass boring one. There's the long-ass boring one. There's the stupid one. There's the funny one or whatever. And this mm-hmm. one just didn't have... Like, I watched Dead of Night on Shudder. And it wasn't great, but the last segment is so good. Ooh. Makes up for it. Yeah, it's really Ooh. good. Um, but this one just didn't even have any segments that were, like, 
good. Not even surprise party decapitation? That sounds fun. Uh, I mean, that was the end of it. You know what I mean? Like, chap. Oh, and it's just over? Have I seen that? I feel like I've seen that. That seems really familiar. Yeah. So, oh, well. Oh, well, whatever. Oh, well. Who cares? That's from the before times. You know? Yeah, we had surprises before because we had yeah. things to celebrate before. That's right. Now, what do I celebrate? Oh, time to give my hands another little silkwood shower. <laughs> it's my birth. Well, actually, when this episode will have aired, it was it will have already been my birthday for two days. Um, but I'm like, you know what I'm doing on my birthday? I'm sitting inside. I'm going to see if I can find an ice cream cake to have delivered to my house. And I'm going <laughs> to sit inside and I'm going to eat the ice cream cake to myself, by myself. Good. I'm going to put on a party hat. I'm going to have a good cry. I'm going to eat the ice cream cake. And I'm going to shit everywhere. And then there's going to be no toilet paper. And <laughs> actually, wow. it's going to be just like every birthday I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's par for the course. So... It is really eerie, though. I have noticed. I noticed how quiet it was last night. Yeah, and cars. I got a, I got a little weirded out by it because usually, like, I live right downtown and I live super close to Seven Eleven, which is always hopping, like twenty four hours a day. Hopping just like that, meat on those wheels. That's well, <laughs> spinning. Spinning, yeah. Yeah, all the, var- all, the, all the various <laughs> tubes that you can buy at 7-Eleven, right? Hot various... spinning tubes. <laughs> Hot spinning meat tubes. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, but it was just like silent, which is not, it wasn't the way it was supposed to be. Yeah. It, it was really, it felt kind of post-apocalyptic. It's eerie, but it's also, it's weirdly peaceful. It's weirdly peaceful. It is a little terrifying because it tells you nothing is right. (laughs) Right. That's the thing. It would be peaceful if the circumstances weren't so strange. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But when you realize. Yeah. If you realize why it's so quiet and not like, oh, here in the country, all I hear are the crickets. How peaceful. It's like, (laughs) oh, everyone around me is dead. (laughs) It's so peaceful and quiet now. Ah, finally ah, relaxation. At last, and then my glasses break. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> what are the odds? How will I find my meat tubes now? <laughs> oh gosh, those meat tubes, right? <laughs> so if you can't tell, listeners. We have gone full Patty Lapone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Haven't we all? Right? I love that she is just like coked out in her basement, staring at her pinball machine in her cassette tape collection. I mean. Reenacting the lighthouse on her own. Like she is one step away from pouring honey into kerosene. <laughs> if she hasn't already. <laughs> Yeah, it's interesting to watch how this has evolved in terms of, like, social media. And that, like, at first, everybody who's, like, a performer or an artist or an entertainer was, like, when we first all went into lockdown, it was like, I'm going to do a live stream. Watch me do this. Oh, I'm going to entertain everybody here. Tune in at 9 p.m. and I'm going to dance in front of my phone. And now (laughs) it's just, like, everybody's just gone crazy already. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
all those live streams have fucking stopped. Yeah, right? that for the most part, most of them have, and I am grateful for that. <laughs> yeah, because this is the long haul. You know what I mean? It's this is not just like oh, you have to spend the weekend inside. It's like when do you ever feel safe going outside again? Right? Yeah. All it takes is, a, is one of those 35,000 droplets that get coughed into the air and remain there for up to three hours. Mm-hmm. Every person is like that fountain at the beginning of Married with Children. Except um, it's, <laughs> it's I should get that reference, but what? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's in Chicago. That fountain. It's like that's every, you know, except it's all coronavirus. In the, in the. Theme song in the intro to American <laughs> There's a fountain when it's yeah. all Frank Sinatra. Yeah, someone out there knows fountain? what I'm talking about. Who cares? I the fountain. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so what are we doing today? <laughs> Mort is the pity. <laughs> oh, well, look, this is not gonna be top. Look. Gaylord's Plague Time Radio is not exactly <laughs> top-notch entertainment. Oh, well. Radio-free you know? briefcase woman. Ra- ra- Radio-free Suspiria. You know, yeah. you know, Stacy. you need to teach, tra- treat this as a time uh, to break, to refresh, um, to become spiritually attuned to, to yourself. You know, to do your, to experiment with essential oils and learn a new language, maybe. Um, Gwyneth Paltrow actually said that we should use this time to learn a new language. It's like, fuck you. You probably fired all your goop assholes. <laughs> also, I love you, <laughs> Gwyneth. Um, uh, but, you know, I read that Shakespeare wrote many plays under quarantine. Shakespeare wrote King Lear under quarantine, Stacy. So. And what have I done? Yeah. Uh... Uh, what have I done? Have I done anything? <laughs> I read like six books and, and now I'm just 12 hours into Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Yeah. Well, I took my garbage out on the wrong day. I mean, I've done you did things. That. That's an accomplishment. Here's the thing is that what probably everybody is experiencing, especially creative people or whatever, it's like I'll have a burst of inspiration and say, okay, I feel good right now. I'm going to do a little something, something. And then the next thing you know... The plague fugue descends yeah. upon you, and all you can do is, you know, lie on your couch and watch Chantal Ackerman movies. Yeah. Have a good cry. Have a good cry for, like, no reason at all, really. Spend an entire day or, or 14 wondering if the ice cream cake is worth the journey outside. Exactly. I just, yeah, but I'm so tired of it also. Like, I'm just bored with the the plague emotion roller coaster. Like, yeah, I'm just, I'm, it's starting to irritate me. Like, just adjust to this new way of life. Get over it. Yeah. And get get something lot. done. Get something done. Yeah, I don't, I think it's fine if not, though, too. I mean, that's the, that's the bullshit with us. Like, learn a new language or uh, Shakespeare wrote King Lear and the under quarantine. And I'm like, yeah, and also we're not all Shakespeare and we're not used to the medieval ages and the Black Plague. And you yeah. know, everyone's undergoing a traumatic uh, episode right now and is responding in different ways. And we're all adjusting and going back and forth. And it's like, also, like, I mean, it's fine to just do nothing. It's fine to calm down and... and and vlog if you need to it's also fine not to like Mm -hmm. but my attitude is like fuck this expectation for product 
Oh, yeah. Like, and fuck the Dow and fuck (laughs) Congress and fuck Trump and fuck this idea that we need to be back at it and uh, making things and this whole expectation of artists, too, of like, now's the time to make your masterpiece. And it's like, or maybe I just want to eat that ice cream cake and then figure out how I'm going to clean my ass with the shower. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, putting pressure on oneself is not the most helpful thing. I think also it's, like, really uh, highlighting the problem that I know I've had and I think a lot of people have had for the last several years, especially in America, which is balancing trying to stay informed with knowing when too much is too much and knowing when it's okay to turn it all off. When you're, you're like... um immersing your nervous system in trauma by constantly being tuned into this uh, 24-7. Which ultimately, the 24-7, I mean, when I say that, I'm referring to the news and media and all that, but nobody knows what the fuck is going on. Everything is speculation. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Right. And it's like, and just reading it so much is just not going to help. It's like, I'm trying to limit it to like checking once or twice a day, maybe. Yeah. And then just staying off of all of it. And like, yeah. if I'm like tr- locked in my house, then what, how is it going to help me to know what's going on out there? Right. Exactly. Yeah. The first week for me was, uh, like being like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm figuring this out. I'm relearning how to live. And then I'd spend five hours each night, like spiraling out into anxiety as I read more and more and more and more and more about the virus. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like, or I could distance myself from that. Right. Or try to, at least. I could do my stretches. I could have a good cry. I could work on my breathing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. so that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I'm trying to do. I do look at my movies. I think I will get back to horror very soon. Yeah. Because there there is some stuff that I am starting to feel like I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, some writing that I want to do, etc. But right I- now, I'm like... Or I could just watch John Dealman. Hell yeah! <laughs> and feel oddly covered by three hours of this woman, like, sitting at a table. Hell yeah! I want all... I, 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 I mean, well, you know this because I told you this first thing today, but I've been newly exposed to the bitter, von te- or the bitter tears of Petra von Kahn, and all I want to do now is just watch that movie on loop. Mm-hmm. So it's like, maybe that's... Maybe this is my life now, Mom! Or maybe, I don't know, maybe I just should watch my entire box series of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman, because now I have the time. <laughs> so I told you you were going to love Petra Von Kahn. Oh, it's so good. It's my new, it's my new life, my new mm-hmm. lifestyle. Yeah, that's good shit. See, that's yeah. the thing. That's the kind of thing that I'm in the mood to watch right now versus no offense versus Friday the 13th part four. You know what I mean? Exactly. Which was not on our list. Which was not the movie we were going to do It was not on our, our list for today. But My least favorite Friday, I have to say. Part four? Yeah, I think so. Really? Four or six. Four or six. Four eight. or eight. Four. Well, even eight, though, I like how bad it is. Like, and I like the, I like the last pit part, you know, toxic waste and all that. But, like... I don't know. I just hate Corey Feldman so much. <laughs> I think I... part. If I had to choose one, 
I mean, part eight is just bad. It's just bad, but it's... But I, also, but it's, I also don't like part six. People love part six. Yeah. And, I think... Uh, eh. I think part six, it, it, it satisfies, like, the vocabulary and the aesthetic, like, kind of requests and demands of the series, if that makes any sense. Like, I think mm. it, it looks and feels and has all the hallmarks of Friday the 13th that people mm. associate in the fandom. But other, but it's like it's actually not the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. It's too too funny though. It's too trying to be funny. Yeah. Although I will say, I mean, I know people love that Tommy Jarvis, but Megan, is a very attractive final girl. I'm gonna tell you, and, Tommy and Megan, two babes. Yeah, two babes. Jennifer Cook, who was also, uh, of course, as we all know, on V. <laughs> Unless she was on V, the final battle. I don't know. Oh, but she played that. V she played the, the ha- yeah, the miniseries, like the half. Or was she on <clears throat> when it became a series? I don't know. But she was the half alien, half human hybrid baby who had powers when she grew up. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, she married into the <laughs> Celestial Seasonings Empire and what? does not act anymore. That's right. She's Mrs. Celestial Seasonings. That's her name now. She has a sash and yeah. she just wears tea bags. <laughs> yeah. It's worth it for all that money, though. She so. married into the Celestial Seasonings Empire. When we started talking about J- Fry- Jason Lives, I did not expect that this would be the outcome. Nobody does. I mean, you start talking Jason this, Jason that, and the next thing you know, you're talking about Sleepy Time Vanilla. <laughs> right? I love that Sleepy Time Vanilla. <laughs> well, and, oh my god. Oh my raspberry god. Zinger. You could dye your hair with the Raspberry Zinger. Did you ever do that when you were a teenage girl? <laughs> 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 Did you did you dye of your, your perm with Yeah <laughs> No with I dyed my, my whatever it was Mohawk mullet thing. Oh, oh yeah. God. I got one of those right now. I gave myself a Mohawk. Yeah. It's very brave your hair was so long. How brave it was of you so long. To it shave so off long. an eighth of an inch. It was so long. I cried, I wept, <laughs> I, I donated the remains of my hair to um <laughs> all the <laughs> here the wigs for whatever people. Yeah, wigs a... <laughs> wigs for um micro Here's a bag <laughs> of here's a bag of hair dust. <laughs> Don't, <laughs> be, be don't breathe it. around it. Yeah. <laughs> it, will, it will fly everywhere. <laughs> Make sure you have your N95 on. <laughs> My hair dust. <laughs> well, whatever. You know what? Every little bit helps. <laughs> Listen, those microorganisms have gorgeous long weaves now. <laughs> That's true. That's true. What else? Uh, women with guts. Has been postponed, obviously. Everything's postponed. Everything's but, postponed. But uh, now they're saying it'll be October. It'll take place alongside the regular Salem Horror Fest. I say, first of all, we'll see, right? October's, even October seems a little too optimistic for me. Honestly, it feels weird to even <clears throat> set any dates for anything in the next two years, right? It really does. Well, also thinking about it, it's like, First of all, I just want to give a shout out to everybody during the 1918 <laughs> flu epidemic, because 
how did that like imagine like yes we have information overload but like what information did they have how did they know when it was okay to go outside my grandma lived through that her sister died from that i have been thinking about her i mean i always think about grandmas because we're grandma's girls right but like Mm -hmm. oh my god i'm like man if i did not already have major respect mad respect for that woman yeah i don't know how the fuck they did it how they survived that because it's like we are inundated with like okay well we can i can watch a jock or i can watch a, a twink and a jock work out on instagram live <laughs> my grandma couldn't do that she just had to what like milk the cow <laughs> like, right the like yeah and like knowing what's safe to do and how to take care of yourself and all like it's a miracle anybody fucking survived mm-hmm so, my point is, October, though, am I going to want to get on a bus, a.k.a. a tube of Corona, with wheels? <laughs> similar to the tube <laughs> of with wheels tube. at 7-Eleven. Yeah, similar to a meat tube from 7-Eleven, both riddled with viruses. <laughs> am I going to want to get on the Corona Express and go and <laughs> sit in a theater with people, like, I, you know? Anyway, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, this whole thing, right? (laughs) (laughs) This whole thing is Annabelle's fault, right? Because what happened? What happened? What happened? I said, you know, I have to do this lecture on Annabelle. I don't want to have to watch those movies. The next thing you know, there's a plague. I don't, and I don't have to watch the movies for another few months. So it was like, it's like an O. Henry thing. Annabelle was like, oh, you don't want to watch my movies, huh? Okay. (laughs) We'll see. How you feeling now? Got nothing to do? (laughs) Miss me? Miss me? Miss me? Miss me? (laughs) Like I do. Yeah. So anyway, what? I don't know. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Look, I told you, if this episode stinks, it's my fault. Yeah. I'm, sta- I'm standing by it. You're standing by it. You know what? It's the episode we deserve. It's the best we can do. It's the best we can do under these circumstances. <laughs> oh, so today's episode, we are, as as um, as um Stacey uh, almost surprised us with earlier, but instead cut our heads off with a samurai sword, you said? What was it? <laughs> he, or just just a, some kind of sword, yeah. As Stacey decapitated, decapitated us in our dreams of a surprise, um, we we are doing another listener question roundup. But today we're doing something slightly different. It's a it's a a listener lottery. We're, we've got <laughs> we've got Stacey introduced me to an incredible queen who has changed my life. Not Petra von Kant, who is also an incredible queen, but a queen by the name of Television's. What was that, Stacey? Yolanda Vega. Yolanda Vega. <laughs> Everyone go on YouTube, look up Yolanda Vega. She's fucking amazing. My New York, anybody from New York out there knows Yolanda Vega. Come well, on. She announces the lottery numbers every night and she always introduces herself as that's me, Yolanda Vega. She's Once like, you know her, you'll never forget her. I could very well, I could see Maya Rudolph playing her very easily. Yes. <laughs> She's like, yes. hello and happy Saturday night, everybody. I'm TV's Yolanda Vega. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. amazing. The balls shoot out of the vacuum tubes. And much like um, Yolanda Vega's balls in vacuum tubes, we are also... <laughs> We are 
working with hot, hot, hot technology, and we are vacuum tubing your listener questions to us randomly because we have a gigantic document full of listener questions, and we are just gonna vacuum tube, vacuum tube, vacuum tube, and see what magic listener letter balls pop up in those tubes. We're just gonna drop our balls into the vacuum tubes. <laughs> <laughs> See, when you say it in that voice, it sounds dirty. <laughs> yeah. 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 Well, usually, here's a little, this is a glimpse behind the curtain, right? Is that while we always pretend that we don't know there's a question coming, we, <gasps> we actually do. We actually, when we decide what we're going to do for the next show, we pick a question also. So we have time to prepare. However, for this, for the balls in the vacuum tubes, we are, we have no idea what questions we're going to answer. We're just going to do, we're going to suck the balls out of the tubes. Like you do. As one does, or so I've heard, I wouldn't know. (laughs) (laughs) Speak for yourself. I've seen a lot of content on Instagram lately having to do with this. Uh, So this is going to be all off the cuff, which surely does not portend disaster. Will not lead to any sort of disaster or dead air or or failed podcasting. People will come out of this saying... Yep, it's two weeks in, <laughs> and everything's going to be great. Wow. <laughs> Pretty soon, all the people who have said, thank you so much, oh, thank you for giving me a laugh this week, it's really been <laughs> nice, those people are going to be like, you, maybe you guys should take a little break. <laughs> As they cancel their iTunes accounts in hopes that it deletes their review. <laughs> yeah. Just by you default. Know, we just feel bad that you're putting out content every week. Don't you guys want to take a little vacay? <laughs> you guys right. want to lay down? <laughs> <laughs> you guys want to go lay down on the... Do you need a, a glass of water and a nice well, nap? You need, <laughs> do you need a glass of water and a spinning meat, too? <laughs> That's the Florence Gale. Always. Gale I want. <laughs> <laughs> she comes and brings me a spinning meat tube and a glass of water. Classic remedy. <laughs> Classic remedy. Oh, be sure to give him a meat tube. <laughs> <laughs> Is it spinning? Make sure it's spinning. <laughs> it will satisfy the humors. Yeah. Some of those tubes aren't even meat, though. I look at them whenever I'm in line at the 7-Eleven. And of course, <laughs> but <laughs> some some of them are like. Even mean. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what else are you gonna look? What at? are they? They're like a shell, Corn? like a. They'll be like a shell, like a taco shell stuffed with whatever. Yeah, what's it stuffed with? All sorts of things. Some of them are stuffed with meat. I saw one that was. Uh, why are we talking? Oh, man, we have sunk so low. I don't know. It was stuff with stuff. Who cares? Next question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, question. You want me to? I'll do it. I'll. Yeah, you go first. All right. Just vacuum tube it first. Vacuum tube that ball. Here we go. And zap. Ah, this one comes from I Dismember. Uh, it says favorite made for TV horror flick. Oh. 
Now you are an expert in these. I certainly am. Um, but what's my favorite? That's really tough. That's really tough because, you know, I love Salem's Lot. I mentioned it last episode. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, boy, I oh, mean, boy. Salem's Lot is like, is that kind of the pinnacle? Because I feel like that's sort of like the one that's like most immersed in like, like toward the cinematic consciousness. Right. Yeah. But then you have like Home for the Holidays. Oh, it's so good. Don't be afraid of the dark. That was a good one. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Oh, Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Scare- I love hey. Dark Knight of the Scarecrow. Don't be afraid of the dark. That's the original, really spooky one that they then then redid as the Katie Holmes. Yes. Yeah. 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 The original one. It's from like the early seventies. Yeah. 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 Um, Home for the Holidays. Trilogy of Terror was originally made for TV. Um. What about the initiation of Sarah? <laughs> Hello. Mm-hmm. It's cra- like they've there's been so many there's so many good ones. Yeah. If you're at all interested in the topic, you should for sure check out Made for TV Mayhem. Um Amanda Reyes's website. She's the the expert uh on Made for TV horror movies and Made for TV movies in general, but she's Is that got a blog po- or a podcast blog. <clears throat> it's a podcast. It's a she edited a book full of essays and she has a website. Awesome. And Made for TV mayhem. Yeah. She's an incredible resource for those movies. And she introduced me to a ton of things. Oh. So, yeah. Oh, now's the perfect time to take now's a Now's the perfect dive. time. And most of them are on, like, um, I think a lot of them are on YouTube. Yeah, I feel like anytime we've, I mean, we've only done, like, maybe two Made for TV movies or three but I feel like anytime we've come near that, they've all been on YouTube for mm-hmm. multiple uploads. Yeah. Sometimes you just have to try to make out the faces and the blobs of light on screen. Yeah. But they, I mean, they're so good. But I think probably overall Salem's Lot is my absolute favorite. Yeah. Probably. I mean, okay. it's the classic. Yeah. It's the big one. I feel like... I'm, I love Salem's Lot. I feel like mine, though, I feel like I would maybe go for um, Home for the Holidays. Mm. Just because I, I was so blown away by that cast. That cast is so incredible. I mean, you got Jessica Walter. You got Sally Field. You got, um, um, I forgot everybody else. <laughs> Eleanor Parker. Eleanor Parker. Julie Harris. Mm-hmm. Motherfucker, go off. Yeah. It's, it's crazy so that was made for TV. Like, it's just crazy. And it's like a very early slasher film. Mm-hmm. It's crazy um, that Salem's Lot is made for TV. Like, that is pretty wild. Yeah. These movies were scary. They just didn't have, like, explicit violence. But there was terror. I mean, anybody who's ever seen the the last segment, especially of Trilogy of Terror, with the Zuni fetish doll... That's scary shit, man. That was made for TV. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of... There's so much made-for-TV horror I still need to see, too. Like, one I'm dying to see, um, and you told me about this one, is Bay Cove, I think? Mm-hmm. With the witches? Yeah. Need to see that. Also known as Bay Coven, but I think <sighs> Bay Cove is the more acceptable. Is there a part in the movie where it says, like, Bay Cove, and then, like... Or, like, it says Bay Cove... Like, Motel then, like, Hell. Yeah, and then, like, the <laughs> N falls off of the sign, and then they're like... <gasps> 
and then and then that's how it's you know it's well me. the end falls off and they're like oh wait that's better oh it's just a normal pizza. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah they don't gasp until after the word coven is reduced to something much more mundane yeah yeah, that's a that's a really good one. Pamela Sue Martin versus a satanic Barbara Billingsley. Like, come on. Wow. wow. Come on. Come the fuck on. Yeah. Satanic Barbara Billingsley. Oh, my God. Yeah. And Susan Rattan of television's L.A. Law. <laughs> How could we forget? <laughs> you know, we've said this before on the show, and we will say it always, I feel, is that they just don't make these anymore. It's just, it's a shame. It is a shame. So there you go. Hope that answers your question, I dismember. They're, they're not as, okay. as we just, just glare at them intently, yeah. <laughs> waiting for a response. I get out my switchblade. I gave an answer, and you didn't approve. <laughs> Stacy, that's a comb. That's a switchblade yeah. comb. <laughs> That's a little callback to our class reunion massacre episode, in case yeah. you were wondering. So. Yeah. Just saying. I gave it two thumbs up. I, <laughs> I get it. Do you get it? Yeah. Suck thumbs. another ball into a vacuum oh, tube. All right, I am sucking a ball into a vacuum tube and... <laughs> um. Okay. What Jevin, Jevin K. asks... This is a two-part question. Oh, dear. Part one. Using your keen insights and Gaylord's Manor crystal ball. Oh, we need to go get her out of the closet. <laughs> what thematic directions do you foresee mainstream horror films heading into during the 2020s? Oh, oh boy. Wow. And then part two. What thematic material would you both personally like to see more of in horror films during the 2020s? Okay, so where do we see it going in this next decade? And what I mean, do we want to see more of? I mean, I hope we're all prepared. Should things get back to some semblance of normal, there's going to be a lot of plaguey movies, right? There's going to be a lot of plaguey movies. We're going to be plague for days. Plague for days, baby. Nobody can stop watching Contagion and Outbreak, which honestly is the last thing I want to watch right now, but I have been watching Chernobyl, so maybe I'm, don't, I don't count. <laughs> but like, yeah. yeah. I saw they're already making, somebody's already making or proceeding on production with Corona Zombies. Oh, God. Which is like, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, people are actively dying right now. What are you doing? Maybe let's 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 hold off like, on that a little even bit. Even Sigourney Weaver waited like three years before she said yes to doing a nine eleven movie. Like right. what are you <laughs> yeah. doing? Yeah, I don't know. How do you feel about this is an interesting conversation to have. Well, is it? I don't know. But I'll ask anyway. Uh, you know, <clears throat> how do you feel personally? How do listeners feel? I'm interested to know about horror movies that are based on real life events, people, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, well, I mean, I think you and I both know how we feel about a certain <laughs> famous event that keeps getting made over and over and over into horror films. Which one? Oh. <laughs> well, I'm thinking I'm thinking particularly of um the the woman in the hotel in LA. 
I can't remember. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I just, I had to review a movie, I, Alyssa Lamb. Yes. Um, I just had to review a movie for Rue Morgue. Um, uh, found f- Speaking of which, time out, segue, adjacent comment. Rue Morgue has a free issue up right now. Uh, yes. Uh, on their digital platform. Um, so you can check out Rue Morgue. I think I have, I'm sure I have something in that issue. I'm not sure what, because... You know, magazines, you got to do stuff so far ahead of time. I don't know. But I'm in there. Um, and uh, so check it out and consider a digital subscription, maybe. Hell if you yeah. can. Because, you know, these everybody's struggling. But I love Rue Morgue and I love writing for them. And I want to see them continue. Fuck so. yes. 100% agree. At the least, check out the free issue. Um, but I did just review a movie for them, which was a found footage movie. And I was really excited because it had the promise of, like, internet fingers. It was about a, an influencer who goes to haunted places and he takes his crew to a place and it's everything, blah, blah, blah. And it was completely based on <clears throat> uh, the Alyssa Lamb tragedy, which everybody has seen that video, probably, of the terrified woman in an having, elevator. In an elevator, having some kind of an episode, and she was later found dead in the water tower on the roof of the hotel. Mm-hmm. And I just, like, it was a bad movie. It was just your t- stereotypical found footage film that hit all of the stupid found footage tropes that we've seen a billion times. And yet it was exploiting this real life tragedy basically like her family is still alive this was i think that happened in 2013 i think um and i just find it super distasteful like there's enough fictional there's enough fictional monsters and terrors and etc that we can use yeah i mean even how we responded culturally on the internet how we responded to that video is like pretty shameful because like it's really i mean it is it is a scary video to watch if you just sent it and you don't know what the hell's happening Um, sure and you hear the story about it and what happened to her. But it's like, this is a real person clearly undergoing some horrible thing. Trauma. Something. Yeah, whatever happened. I mean, that yeah. was uh, a lot of the immediate reaction was, this was, somebody should make a horror movie about this. And it's like, yeah, whatever. No. Nobody knows what was happening with her. If she was having a psychotic break or what, whatever it was, her last minutes were spent in, te- in terror. And she died a really fucking horrible death. And to just exploit that for some bullshit found footage movie or any bullshit horror movie, I find repellent. Yeah, and then turning it into like a ghost story or like, like yeah, they did it with this found footage movie. They did it with um, American Horror Story Hotel had a whole storyline based around that. Um, there, I feel, and there's a couple other adaptations that are loosely based on, or not adaptations, but just stories that are loosely based on that that are out there in the horror world. And it just doesn't feel... It just feels inappropriate. Like, it's... I don't know. And sometimes you can take real-life tragedies and things, and you can make insightful things that kind of are about them without exploiting them in a way. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, it's the difference between, like, the Sigourney Weaver 9-11 movie, where it's about her and the firemen, and it's, like, in tribute to them, versus, like, the Charlie Sheen, Gina Gershon, Whoopi Goldberg 9-11 movie where they're trapped in an elevator, which honestly I do need to see because it looks like a gigantic piece of shit. But like, <laughs> and it's just called 9-11. Like, it's like the difference in in the intention and how you do it and the sense of exploitation or terror that you're trying to evoke. 
It's the difference between the Chernobyl miniseries that you just watched and Chernobyl Diaries. Chernobyl Diaries. Oh my God. Which most upsettingly was like, why is it filmed in found footage style, but it's not found footage? Right. (laughs) Yeah. But it's like these movies, I've even seen stuff about like the Donner Party, about how, no, they really were just cannibals. And now they're cannibal ghosts. And it's like, I just, even when it's, we're that far removed in time from it, it's like, I don't know, people who had horrible ends, like, and to just not do anything at all thoughtful or interesting with it and to just make a shitty fucking horror movie is just i just hate yeah it. where are you at with um <laughs> the devil's past then <laughs> the rennie harlan film based on the i think it's the dyatlov pass oh the dyatlov pass which if you I've ne- well i've never movie, people, I, I haven't seen that movie oh it's found footage <laughs> of course it is <laughs> Um, I don't know. I guess it would depend on what the final product is. I think the Dyatlov Pass mystery is intriguing, for sure. It is intriguing. It is scary. It is scary. And it was, like, a hundred years ago, but, I mean, same with Donner Party, but, like, does that make it okay? Right. And, I mean, in this, I think in Devil's Pass, it's people, if I remember right, it's people going back to, like, investigate or do a documentary about it. And then something happens to them. But then there's, like, this whole thing with, like, time-traveling demons and a government experiment. And it's just so fucking batshit. Yeah. That it's like, okay, maybe? But this is also a terrible movie. But it's also kind of funny. I don't know. Yeah. It's tricky. I think it depends on the final product. So I'm sure, I mean, obviously I'm not surprised that Corona Zombies is happening. But, like why and why would you be doing that now and also like wow you're green lighting stuff when like nobody's even working right now (laughs) yeah so i mean in answer to this question i'm intrigued to see (laughs) will movies come back (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah because i mean even me just trying to schedule when i'm gonna buy toilet paper next is trying enough that how are we oh yeah you know or like like you were saying we'll see if october happens like, how do we know when the next anything is going to come? Um, but I, I think, uh, I think we're definitely going to be dealing with a lot of um, claustrophobia in horror, maybe mm-hmm. um, agoraphobia. Um, I think uh, internalized anxiety. A lot of, a lot of stuff, maybe if not directly about contagion, then a lot of stuff maybe kind of along the lines of like repulsion. Like, yeah, we'll be getting a lot of inward psychological things, perhaps, and then maybe yeah. maybe a lot of um, a lot of things about apocalypse or or governmental societal collapse. I feel like come out of this too. Mm-hmm. I wonder what the next, like, it's so weird to say, like, what would have been. But, I mean, I think that's where we are now is, like, it's just a different world, period. Yeah. Going forward. so But, like, what would have been a subgenre trend? You know what I mean? How all of a sudden it's like, oh, slasher movies are big or, oh, zombie movies are big. Like, I wonder, I think witches were having their moment. Oh, and now maybe witches got, just like Elizabeth Warren, now she got canceled. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it wasn't the right time, according to It wasn't to the right time. Yeah. So, so witches are being uh, supplanted by corona zombies. Perhaps, right, yeah. Or by in- internalized claustrophobic psychology stories. Probably. What do you think would have been coming? 
I, well, I think we, I think witches for sure. I think yeah, that, more and more women and witches. More and more women and witches. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What would you hope to see? Witches. I mean, that's the obvious. <laughs> that's always my answer. I know that we've answered that in one form or another so many times, but it's still true. Yeah, it's all I want to see. It's all I care about. I've been spoiled. And before this current, you know, wave or whatever that the witch ushered in, if you go back on Final Girl, I would say, where are my witch movies? I want witch movies. Give me some witch movies. Mm -hmm. And now I'm getting them. And quite frankly, I am spoiled rotten. And I just want them to keep coming. Have you seen on Hulu this other thing just went on? It looks terrible. I haven't watched the trailer. I just saw the picture. Um... But it's called Mother Lo- Motherland? Fort Salem? Mm-hmm. I saw the picture and it, I said, Ugh. Like, it looks like Nazi witches or something. <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I I, I mean, Maybe I'll knows? have a bottle of weed juice and try it with that cake on my birthday. There you go. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Happy birthday. Because <laughs> I'm just singing the birthday song in my... <laughs> My pool of tears and diarrhea. Yeah. <laughs> okay. You don't. You don't have to shit all over the place. Like you can still. Stacy, don't. I have faith. Take away no, I have, what I have. I have. This is all I have. I have. Faith, I, have. <laughs> I have faith in you that you can still get to the toilet and use it properly. Maybe I don't want to. Oh well. Maybe. So. All right, that's your choice. <laughs> I don't want to take away your agency. <laughs> Thank you. Um, put that down. Put my bingo dauber down on that yeah. box. <laughs> I would love, I think um, if we have to deal with uh, internalized dramas and claustrophobia and 10 Cloverfield Lanes, for although I like that movie, for the rest of forever um, following this, I would love to see responses to that utilizing witches and feminism so let's make movies where witches realize or destroy the government you know let's make uh let's have women um taking advantage of this moment in time um of of societal disarray and chaos to rise up and incite revolution and kill all the republicans like now would be a great time to make boxing day yeah or the heads day the heads day exactly baby new year like let's (laughs) Let's or or even better than than just making that film. Let's just live it out now. I was like, now's the perfect time to incite rebellion. <laughs> everyone's it's in their true. homes. Everyone's on lockdown. Just go find a senator. Cough on him. Go cough on him. Go cough on people. So <laughs> do it. So come on. Now is the time for the lords to go on tour. Now is the time for the lords of Salem. <laughs> oh my god. All right, let's get those vacuum tubes back in back in order here. Here we go. Do 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 do. What are oh this one comes from Michael, who recommended American Gothic to us. I've seen American Gothic. I love American Gothic. It's crazy. Yvonne DiCarlo, Rod Steiger. Oh, I have not seen American Gothic. It's pretty crazy. I love Yvonne DiCarlo and Rod Steiger. Mm-hmm. It's a good one. Wow. Check it out. Um, what are some horror movie scores you feel really make their movie? Are there any scores you feel break their movie? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. This is hard because I know all the answers, but I like on the top of my head, I'm like, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> what? I just can't think of, like, immediately, right? Yeah, this this is why we have to have the questions in advance. <laughs> but that's what makes us fun. That's what makes us fun. And I and, Oh, I see. And fun. for our listeners, fun to listen to. Ain't that right? <laughs> I can cut out things. Um, scores that really make their movie. I mean, anything with Goblin. Yeah. Anything with, for me, anything with Goblin, anything with Fabio Frizzi. Oh, Fabio Frizzi. Fabio Frizzi, his score for Zombie. I love his score for Zombie. And I think, all, especially, I prefer Fabio Frizzi to Goblin. I'll just, I'll say it. I said it. I said what I said. Listen, you monster. Listen. I agree. Um, <laughs> Goblin is fucking wicked. Goblin's metal. Goblin's cool. Prog rock for days, baby. But like, um, Goblin is, uh, you know, I love Deep Red. I love Suspiria. However, the Profondo number- Rosso. <laughs> <laughs> Stacy, your Italian translator is really <laughs> not now. Get in his life today. <laughs> Yeah, Luigi. <laughs> but um, uh, let's just put him back in the cage. But um, but like, I mean, when I think of Goblin, I think of those scores immediately. I guess you know, phenomena too. But like, um, Fritzi's scores, I have to agree with you. They're just like all of them. Yeah, there's oh, so many more that come sure. to my mind that I just are so. Also, it, well, I've seen both of them live, but. One of my favorite memories, just in the top of my head right now, is getting when we saw Fritzi. Do you remember? Oh my god! Do you remember? I do remember. I was so happy. He was so cool. They showed the Beyond, and there was a live score by Fabio Fritzi and his very attractive drummer, and everybody. Oh yes. You know, they were so cool and so fun. And he did songs from the Beyond, obviously, but from like all of his soundtracks. They just did whatever the fuck they wanted, kind of. And it was so fucking cool. It was so fucking cool. But his his songs really, like, especially Zombie, the theme song, like, I don't know what it is. And it's probably just the way these movies are jumbled in my mind and everything. But his his soundtracks freak me out. They get in, they're like earworms. They Like, they get in your brain. Yeah, and there, there's something about them, like... It's not, like, typically scary stuff, like, you know, (laughs) whatever, you know? (laughs) There's none of that. Like, it's not, like, an organ and, like, like, it's not that kind of shit. But there's something about his scores that really unnerve me, and coupled with the visuals in those movies, like, I just, I really love Fritzy. I love John Carpenter, too, obviously. John Carpenter! John Carpenter can write a bop, right? I mean, there's a reason that he's not making films anymore and that he's touring music. Yeah. He can write a bop. I mean, I love his his score for The Fog. Oh. Um, oh. I love Ennio Morricone's uh, score yes. for The Thing because it sounds like John Carpenter. Yeah. And that's Morricone, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. not, I mean, that's saying a lot. Yeah. Um, I love them. I do love a lot of the modern sort of like It Follows. Yeah. Um, Starry Eyes has a great score. Yeah. 
that kind of thing. That sort of synthwave sound that's like retro, but not really. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the discordant stuff, like Hagazusa um, <sighs> and The Witch. Uh-huh. Oh, Mark Corvin. Mark Corvin's great. Right there um, with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are my good ones. I'll have to think about my bad ones. Yeah. I mean, I... Yeah, I think I think absolutely Frizzy, absolutely Carpenter. Um Carpenter and um uh Alan no, yes, Alan um <laughs> Halloween two and three and Alan and Ann Bowman and Howarth Howarth? Alan Howarth. Alan Howarth, yeah. thank you. Halloween two and Alan Howarth coming in and then bringing in even more wacky synth and all kinds of craziness. The Halloween mm-hmm. two score is one of is my favorite in the Halloween series. Um, also, side note, the very first day, one of the very first days, early, early, early into my life with my cat. Oh, that's not true. I had actually had her for years. But the very first days of us getting a record player because we're like, there's so many great soundtracks out there and they're all on vinyl. We need to get a record player. Uh, and then putting on the Halloween 2 score, my cat immediately went and stood next to the record and just, like, began to levitate. And I was like, she is mine. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so she loves the Halloween 2 score as well. Um, I love Alan Howarth. He also, you know, he did, like, They Live, and he, and he did a lot of other stuff, too, with uh, John Carpenter. Um, uh, well, a new one. I'm, I'm also deeply into the, the new ones that are out there. The It Follows by, I think, was that Disaster Piece? Um, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, Under the Skin has a really great score by this amazing, amazing composer who also did the score for um, uh, Jackie, I think. I think that even might hmm. have been nominated for Academy Award. Um, I don't know who the composer is, but there's a, it's, uh, there's a woman that is doing um really rad scores she actually just won the academy award for joker uh but she did the, oh yeah, yeah she did the music for chernobyl um hmm. and i loved that's like that music was so haunting in it and you barely notice mm-hmm. it but it was really fucking haunting um uh a new one that i just got the vinyl for and i didn't like i remembered liking it early into the movie and i was like oh i like uh, side note i really like this music but i am obsessed with this score and i've been playing it for two days straight now gretel and hansel has it follows along that same retro synth um sort of vibe as as uh as like it follows and these other new films that are coming out um but it is just so foreboding and creepy. And side, side, side note, uh, a quick shout out to Mots, homeboy Mots, who um, many of you know uh, wrote the amazing book Blood Cruise and sent us copies. And luckily, with quarantine going on, I have lots of time and I am I am almost done with Mots' book. It has single-handedly gotten me through this. I love this book. You need to check I it out. I told you. It's so it's good. It's so fucking good. Um, I did look on Amazon, which is evil, but I looked on Amazon and I looked on other book sites and it looks like you can find used copies if, if, if you're not able to find a new copy. So check it out, everyone. It's it's like 600 pages, vampires on a cruise ship. It is fucking great. It's gay. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Um, but reading that book with the Gretel and Hansel soundtrack playing, this like pulsating mm. synth as I'm reading about like vampires running through cabin hallways and in, in a cruise ship and just like cutting people up with their fangs. <laughs> it's awesome. So mm. yeah, I'm really into those. I'm really into those. Another one too, um, Barbarian Sound Studio. 
Oh, fuck yeah. That movie is all about that sound. Movie. That movie is yeah. made by the sound, and it would have, that movie would not work without that score. It would be it would not be a movie. It would be impossible. Yeah. Um I love that movie. Uh are there any scores you feel break their movie? I there are some films that from the seventies, my beloved nineteen seventies, that um the scores are a little on the la 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 romance side. And sometimes I say, hmm, is this what you were getting? Like, you know, <laughs> the, the, the scores feel a little of their era and maybe aren't putting across the mood that you kind of want from the film at that moment. Um I am not talking about Picnic at Hanging Rock, which I have seen people talk about the Zomphir's panpipes in that movie. And I'm sorry, Zomphir's panpipes in that movie are fucking perfect. And I will not hear a word against them. Everything about that movie is perfect. Yes. I'm thinking specifically of The Legacy, which I just watched recently with Catherine Ross and Sam Elliott. Love that movie. Love that movie. I don't know if it deserves all the love I give it, but fuck it. It does. Look at how hot they are. Yeah, it's true. But it's got a, a soundtrack that takes it into adventure romance. Oh. Um, and you say to yourself, this could be a little more on the horror side of things. And I, while it is Pino DiNaggio, um, I'm going to say it. I feel that way a little bit about Don't Look Now. It's a lovely score. But... Wow. Uh, it's a little 70s la 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 romance at times. Wow. This is, I said it. This is the first I've ever heard you say something critical of Don't Look Now. Well. Oh, critical in the in that sense. Yeah. I just, it'd be interesting to see what that, you know, it would be interesting to see other takes on it that are a little more. Then again, an overbearing horror soundtrack is the worst you know, okay. don't I? I've seen sometimes there's too much. Like I tried to watch Terrified, not Terrifier, but Terrified. Terrified. Um, and it, it just had this score that like kept having swells and stings no. and all these parts that are supposed to be scary. And I'm like, just let me be scared. I don't need you. I don't need the score to tell me to be scared. Yeah, that's that's my go-to is like, I can't even think of any movies right now where the, but there's so many, particularly from like the 2000s and now. Yeah, yeah. Where it's like, it's just that constant swelling, 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 and it's like just doing the trying to freak you out. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. It, and I think, I mean, and part of it to blame, I think, is like, like Insidious does that. I actually really like the sound design and score in Insidious. It's a lot of... I do too. It's, you know, all those like violins and strings and people hitting wind chimes and shit. Yeah. I love that score, but I think it's one of the ways that the James Wanning of horror has kind of... Uh, uh, filmmakers that... Uh, or complete hacks then see that uh, that sound design and then try to do the same thing and it just doesn't work yeah and i'm i'm not i just i hate any any time a score isn't adding another layer of like artistry where i'm like i become more riveted because the score is so well composed and it's so complimentary right. to the images where the score is like Ooh, do you have goose pimples now? You should be scared right now. Yeah, I just oh, can't you? do it. Like, yeah. um, 
I guess one I can think of that actually is a downside for me for a movie I really love also from the, that 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 early 2000s era well late 90s is Halloween H2O absolutely fucking love that movie that soundtrack is lifted like they were so cheap and they basically lifted whole cuts of the scream soundtrack and just dropped it right into um <laughs> halloween or halloween h2o and it just doesn't work it's just really yeah. bad uh i think that the the scream soundtrack was really you know wicked and like cool when it came out and it's i don't know that kind of marco beltrami score just does not work for me mm-hmm. so agreed yeah i do not remember the score in the legacy at all all i remember is sam elliott in the shower <laughs> <laughs> well yeah he's a hunk Oof. him and Catherine ross Oof. i mean and they fell in love that movie i need love to that movie that. lady say, turns into a cat i you, love that you movie. not love it we should do mm-hmm. an episode on that that movie's great yeah it is also uh <laughs> director of return of the jedi mm-hmm who knew, <laughs> who knew? you did <laughs> that's true <laughs> <laughs> All right, drop another ball in, baby. All right, baby. I'm going to vacuum tube it up. I'm going to vacuum tube it up. Let's see where Yolanda Vega lands today. <laughs> um, <laughs> Mark, I don't know if this is a, a, a question as much as a, a request. Mark says, will you please pitch us a slasher movie starring briefcase woman? <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, what's her backstory? What? <laughs> where? Where? Does anyone know where Briefcase Woman came from? <laughs> nope. Maybe. Well, this here's could be the a thing. good time to address Briefcase Woman. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of Gaylords listeners who see her and say, eh, "Okay," <laughs> you know, they're confused, and then they listen to an episode and they're like, "All right." And There's you... probably one or two people out there who think it's me. <laughs> That's legit you. <laughs> yeah. Um, For people that also don't know what the fuck we're talking about, if you look on our little podcast logo, um, Briefcase Woman is right there. She's the woman with her hands up in the air, excitedly clutching our briefcase. <laughs> and you might have noticed in our social media, she shows up for like, you know, like for this episode, for the listener question roundups, or she shows up on like um, some exciting things we have on the horizon, maybe we'll say. Uh, she's she's an yeah. unofficial mascot. She's our mascot yes. if we have one. But who is she? Who is Briefcase Woman? Nobody knows. Um, I don't know how I found her, but... And you've been saying this for as long as you've been working with her. I know. Because she well, is a holdover from Final Girl. She's a holdover from Final Girl. I don't know what exactly I googled, and I just found this stock photo of this woman. <laughs> and was like, well, there she is. That's the one, baby. And, like, I just, I don't know, I started using her in posts. I would, I think my favorite thing I ever photoshopped of her was I photoshopped her into the Freddy Krueger sweater. Yes! I was just going to say that's the best one. (laughs) And I made her arms really long. Like, you know that moment in Nightmare on Elm Street where he's in the alley and his arms get really long? You mean the scariest scene in Nightmare on Elm Street? The scariest scene. That photo took me so long to do, just so I could post it on Final Girl and be like, hey, I'm going to watch a Nightmare on Elm Street movie later. <laughs> that picture 
it's so good. <laughs> Maybe I'll post that one. Um, it's yeah. So I don't know where I found her, and then I when we first started doing Gaylords, I said, "Hmm, maybe I should." It's a stock photo. Maybe I should buy the stock photo just for whatever. And now I can't find her. Like I've done reverse image searches with it, and all I find are people using her in other places, which is really disconcerting. Yeah, the only um, time I found her anywhere in trying to source her um, is it always goes back to Final Girl. Yeah, and I've done like I had her all. Remember Blingy? Remember Blingy, Blingy. from like. From, like, MySpace era, when you could, like, you take a picture and you can add, like, it's basically, like, on Instagram where you can add stickers and whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Except it was a website where you could do that. And so, like, I totally pimped her out on Blingy. Like, (laughs) she's been everywhere with me on this final girl journey. Um, But, yeah, I couldn't find a source. And I only, I saw her being used on, like, a lupus website. What? (laughs) Like, like information about lupus and like there's briefcase woman. I don't know. Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's the story of her. I don't, she's become, she was final girl's mascot for sure. And now she's, and then I didn't suggest it. Anthony is the one who designed our logo and put briefcase woman on there. And I was like, okay, if you want to use her. I just, you know, she just had to follow because I love briefcase woman. As a longtime final girl listener, I just, I can't imagine a Stacy Ponder project without briefcase woman just somewhere nearby. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she's so happy. She's so happy. Nobody knows what's in that briefcase, what she's excited about. No, I mean, you can kind of guess her era from her clothes, that oversized shoulder padded jacket she has on and the mini skirt. She's like Amanda Woodward of D&D advertising from television's Melrose Place, as played by <laughs> Heather Locklear, of course. <laughs> Would she be, uh, so do you think Briefcase Woman, if there was a slasher film, I don't know that I have a pitch, to be honest. She strikes me as like a real estate agent. Is she a real estate agent? Would she be the final girl? Would she be a, would she be like a, a bar, a, a, um, a D Wallace in House of the Devil? Or would she be like a, a killer? Like, would she be the slasher? Sometimes I think of her as the killer. Yeah, like, cause that's, I mean, that's your killer get up right there. Yeah. Does she kill I mean, who with knows? the briefcase? She could, or it could be full of killing implements. <gasps> oh. And some but but she goes to a meeting with somebody and they're like, Where's your pad folio, briefcase woman? And she's like, Hold on. Because <laughs> you know she has a pad folio. That's there. also when she hands her business card to people. <laughs> it just says briefcase woman. <laughs> That's how they all just describe her. And it also has that picture on her business card. (laughs) For jumping up and down with her. Yeah. She's a small town, small business queen trying to make (laughs) do on the go. Right. Maybe she starts killing her rivals. Oh. Unlike unlike, uh, Rhonda from Rhonda's workout, (laughs) she's not going to, like, take someone to see a house and then kill them. (laughs) She's going to kill other real estate Fuck agents. my commission. Fuck. Oh, no. They were ready to sign. Like, she's not going to drive herself out stupid, of business stupid. like Rod is. Yeah. <laughs> stupid briefcase woman. <laughs> yeah. She's going to kill the competition. 
And she's going to be so happy while she does it. So she's just like staging open houses, making sure the new cookie candle is baking, and then right. going and killing off um, Brenda in her in her her realtor van that has her name <laughs> and her face <laughs> decaled to her her side of her minivan. Yeah, anybody who's got their face on a bench <laughs> is on her list, you know. <laughs> And that's the scene when the cop, when the lady detective, um, when Valerie, wait, what's her name? Oh, yeah. Valerie, Valerie Diesel. Johnson. Valerie Diesel. Valerie lady Diesel, lady detective. She points, she goes, wait, and she points to the bench. And then that's mm-hmm. how they know. That's how they, and she goes, yeah. give me the name of every person with their face on a bench within 500 miles. <laughs> yeah, because briefcase woman kills them and then props their bodies on the bench next to their photo. <gasps> oh, she's an installation artist, too. She's also an installation artist. What yeah. can't she do? What can't she do? I love this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's just called Briefcase Woman. It's just called Briefcase Woman. <laughs> Starring Briefcase Woman as Briefcase Woman. <laughs> She's a mystery. That is a mystery I do not ever want solved. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there are some mysteries in life that you say, I don't want to know. It's kind of like, yeah, it's like, you know, well, there was Angeline when she was just on billboards, but now, like, we know who Angeline is, and it's like, uh. Exactly. Briefcase Woman appeared on a seashell like a Botticelli <laughs> Venus. She appeared on an open briefcase. <laughs> and someday she'll disappear. That's all I, that's all good enough for me. That's, that's all, all I need to know. Yeah, the movie, it ends like, um, it has one of those what the fuck endings, like, um. Where she just fades away. Yeah, like Christmas Evil when he flies off in his van into to the North Pole at the end. But yeah, she just, she opens up her briefcase and steps on it. And then the briefcase just shuts. It's like the end of Lucy when she turns into the flash drive. Yes. She turns into a pad folio. <laughs> with a calculator inside. But the calculator's with the paper that comes out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she can do her business. Oh. Yeah. So there you go. Wow, thanks, Blum- Mark. Blumhouse. <laughs> if you're listening. $50. $50. <laughs> Our usual fee. <laughs> <laughs> Some of your movies haven't been going so well. Exactly. Maybe try a chance on a, something that is guaranteed to be the disaster. Yep. At their <laughs> rates, I mean, three people rent it. It would make back its budget, right? Exactly. I was going to rent The Invisible Man until I saw it was $20 just to rent it. And I said, no. I know. Isn't that highway robbery? It is highway robbery. I was, I mean, Invisible Invisible Man, yeah, I want to see that. Also, I was like, you know, I would watch The Hunt because it looks fucking stupid. And I've only heard how useless it is. But, like, if it was $2, yeah, I'd plop those if it was a down. regular, If it was a regular movie theater price, I would have done it. Yeah, but tw- 20 bucks, and you're not even, you're not even taking me out to dinner first? Exactly. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If there's no, I mean... For twenty dollars, I want dinner. I want a movie and a spinning meat tube. A movie, a spinning meat meat tube, and some nudes. If and some we're, nudes. this is the quarantine, we're all parched. Just send some nudes right. with the movie if it's gonna be twenty <laughs> fucking bucks. Exactly. Jesus. Wow. Jesus. All right. All right. Let's. Next number ball. Yolanda, us up, baby. Yolanda Vega. <laughs> so you summon her. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, oh, wait, I'm on a half Z. Here we go. Oh, from Maria. Who asks, if you could extend any scene or sequence in Suspiria, 2018, obviously, which would it be? Or is there a scene not in the film that you would have liked to have seen? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, what a good question. First of all, I would say we haven't talked about Suspiria in quite some time. It's been a while. Nobody can nobody can do blackout on bingo anymore. That's right. But now they can again. <laughs> um, I think <clears throat> the one I want extended, I could watch folk all day long. Yeah. And then dumb Sarah comes in and is like, My leg is broken. <laughs> And interrupts the whole thing. With don't, you wish, and yelling. don't you wish perfect little petite Mia Goth <laughs> came in and just said it like that? <laughs> she turns on the lights and just starts saying, My leg is broken! All the witches are just aghast. <laughs> Everything is ruined. <laughs> Elena Marcos just dies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I would like that to happen. Is there a scene not in the film I would like to have seen? Could have had some actual gayness happening. <laughs> I would like to see some smooching. Uh, that's the first place my mind went. Because I think this movie is perfect. Um, mm-hmm. You have just the oh, right absolutely. amount of information. Just the right amount of holding back. All that you need to see. Uh, but I would love to see a full-on finger-bang fest between <laughs> between Susie and Sarah, and or Susie yeah. and um, Blanc. Yeah. And both. Susie and Sarah for me. Yeah. They're the heartbreakers. Even just a kiss. Even just a kiss. Beyond the quick little peck on the cheek that we got. But isn't that I love nice? Suspiria. It is nice. Isn't that nice? I love Suspiria. <laughs> remember when we could sit outside and not worry about the mosquitoes and the killers and we could talk about suspiria it's all we had to talk about it's all we had those that was our biggest worry is that someone out there didn't like suspiria <laughs> oh how times have changed that was, oh how times have changed now we're all the fucking mother of size right we're all helena marcos <laughs> <sighs> You know, the one other, actually thinking thinking more about it, the one other thing I would be interested to see is a little glimpse more of Susie's twin sister. Yeah. Than just the one shot of her, which we get a full-on yeah. face shot of her, or profile. Yes. But, um, which usually, I mean, it was so dark when it was in theaters, you could almost not see her, but in the newer releases, it seems, or the digital releases and Blu-ray, it seems like you can. But um, I would like to see... Uh, a tiny more of a glimpse of her life with her sister. Yes. I have I have so many questions about that sister, about that relationship. Is the sister also a witch mother? Mm-hmm. Is, is what, and even if not, you know, what is she doing without her twin there? Yeah. As, as mummy dies, you know, so. That's true. Yeah, I'd be into that. Yeah, me too. It's weird that it's weird that in a movie where I'm like, oh, I love this beautiful, uh, weird, artistic, creepy, somewhat dilapidated German dance school in Berlin, 
I also would love to see a little bit more of the Mennonite shanty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just such a good set and such a good sequence, that intro. Mm-hmm. I like, I yeah, it's one of those things where I'm torn because I love the mystery of it. Yes. But it's like, if you don't know that that's Dakota Johnson, then you don't know. She's just another one of the... Yeah, it would just go right by and you'd be fine mm-hmm. and content living your life. Right. <laughs> exactly. But knowing it's her, knowing it's a twin sister, it's like, oh, man. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, Luca. Luca is so good at withholding. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not going to show you her sister, and guess what? He's not going to eat the peach. He's not going to eat that peach. <laughs> God damn you, Luca! <laughs> Cadbury cream peach. Oh! <laughs> well, that's an Easter release that is never yeah. happening. <laughs> it could. <laughs> anyway, Cadbury cream peach. I guess I'm going to Yolanda Vega it off. Your turn, Let's Yolanda. See where shall these balls land? Oh, God. Um, Six feet away, please. <laughs> okay. Um, this question comes from, uh, oh, this comes from Maddie. My, uh, a little glimpse from my household, my, my dear friend Maddie. Um, Maddie asks, horror musicals, film slash stage, is it a genre? What property would make a good adaptation? Oh, boy. Oh. Now, oh, boy. Now you're not, well, you're not now. big on the musicals, right? Not all of them. I know no. we have a deeply shared love for one of the best ones. Duh. Jesus Christ Superstar. Fuck yeah. Fucking perfect fucking goddamn show. <laughs> yeah. And concept album and musical. <clears throat> yeah. Overall, I'm not a huge fan of them. I mean, it helps that a lot of them are terrible. <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, horror musicals, are we talking movies that have music? Like, I guess it would be more than I'm thinking movies about theater productions. Do you know what I mean? Oh. Versus a horror musical such as, like, who the f- do I ever, am I going to watch Repo the Genetic Art? Oh, I can't. I can't I do it. I can't. And it has I, Paris Hilton It has Paris it. Hilton is it. And I can't. <laughs> if I'm not doing it for Paris Hilton, then it's not going to happen. I love this right. film with Sarah Brightman. And we're like, it's got <laughs> Paris Hilton in it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, I mean, horror musicals, I don't know, I mean, what is there, Rocky Horror, Repo? Repo, um, the the guy that did Repo, who also did, Darren Lynn Boozman, Bousman, he also did all those Saw ones, he did, um, he followed Repo with another one I didn't see, uh, The Devil's Carnival, um, there's also the new, not, it's not a remake, but it's also called Stage Fright, uh, right. Yes. There's yes, yes. that one where they're like at a theater school or a theater camp. Right. Um, which is a fitting, a fitting location for a horror musical. Um. Uh. Oh, my favorite actually, Sweeney Todd. Mm. It's real good. Love Sweeney Todd. And actually, I I uh really surprisingly liked the Tim Burton adaptation film adaptation. I think it's one of the two good movies Tim Burton has made since 1998. um which is interesting too because sweeney todd uh uh, i mean he made it as more of a tribute to the universal monsters movies in that era but um 
it, it actually really weirdly works as a musical. And it's that's also very strange because neither of the leads, Johnny Depp or Helena Bonham Carter, who I love Helena Bonham Carter and everything, but neither of them can sing for shit. <laughs> so it, it somehow works still. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for it. So there's and that it's, one. Stuff's been adapted to the stage like plenty of horror movies have from Carrie. Carrie, man. To... There's just been so many. Um, where my heart lies are with the horror movies that feature a musical presentation. And because those musical presentations are always so bad. Say more. Like like, like, like any horror or like what? Like the fan. Remember we watched that, the Lord <laughs> <Paul> movie. <laughs> Yeah, and you know, <laughs> they're it's in such a good show. Bravo, yeah. bravo! And they're in rehearsals for these shows, and then they usually end up doing a number at the end, and you're like, "What the fuck is this show supposed to be?" Yeah. Her like, what is that? It's like it's like Roaring Twenties gangster S and M Nazis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And every, starring and Lauren Bacall. Like, she's so amazing as she just like stands there. <laughs> she stands there. She's not doing shit. She's and like mumbles. Yeah. Like that one or like um Slash Dance. Slash Dance, the terrible slasher movie. Oh, I haven't seen Slash Dance. Starring uh, Americana of the Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling. Tried to cross over into regular horror movies. It's <laughs> it's terrible, and it's like they're putting together some kind of a, sh- a musical show, and someone's killing people. And does she kill the bad guy at the end by throwing her high heel at him, and it lodges in his forehead? Yes, she does. Ooh, single white female. Yeah, but she throws it. She doesn't like stab him. Stab. Him. She like does a full on like uh, baby firefly knife chuck. Yeah, that is the power of Americana, and I think it's a power we could all use right about now. <laughs> I have to agree with you. <laughs> but the scenes of them rehearsing the musical are make the ticket price more than worth it, because you're like, what the fuck is going on here? I need to see it. Yeah, it's bad movie heaven for sure yeah that's a good one so that's the kind of thing that i really like but i do think it is a a genre for sure yeah 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 i'm trying to think of more listeners send us recommendations for good ones slash more of them yeah stage well you mentioned stage fright i love stage fright the original well uh, yeah but the new one is the musical one but the old one takes place in oh it does have yeah it does have that yeah that's true yeah, yeah. It's not a musical film, but it's, again, it's... About. About a production. So. Yeah. Well, you know, fan- Andrew Lloyd Webber's Phantom of the Opera does both. <laughs> sure. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> but I love it. It's so bad. I hate Andrew Lloyd Webber, except for Jesus Christ Superstar. I genuinely love Um Although I do have a soft spot for Phantom as a very guilty pleasure because it is just so bad. When candelabras come rising out of the water and they're lit. (laughs) How can you not also say this is lit and legit? Um, uh, What property would make a good adaptation? Adaptations are tricky. I saw the Beetlejuice musical and I I was so against it. every step of the way until it started and then i actually loved it uh it's horror adjacent i guess but what would make a good adaptation i don't know that i can even answer that because i just don't have that 
that brain. brain space. I don't have that brain space. So I'm just like, anytime I think of something that does have a production, like, oh, Suspiria, you know, like maybe, but, but I'm like, do I want Susie to sing about these? Like, do I want... <laughs> I am she. <laughs> yeah, like, no fucking thank you. So I just, I don't think I can even, I don't want to see anything adapted. Helena Marcos could have the little, um, like, King Herod number. <laughs> so if you are the mother. <laughs> like, it'd be so great. <laughs> Come on, you mother of size. <laughs> it'd be so good. <laughs> The show closes opening night. <laughs> yeah. They're like, yeah. Lauren McCall's great in this. <laughs> <laughs> my, honestly, my adaptation, it's a horror adjacent one, um, but I can't say what it is because this is something that I have wanted to turn into a musical for years. I, I think it's like one of my A++ master scheme ideas. Uh, and it's based on a wonderful novel that has horror adjacent properties to it that I love so much. It's so close to my heart. I think a musical of this mu- of this book would fucking kill and be so weird and unexpected. Um, but I'm just going to deny everybody the knowledge of knowing what that is because I hope to one day actually make it. So we'll see. Well, thanks for bringing it up anyway. You're welcome. I am nothing if not withholding. <laughs> <laughs> Edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Oh wait, who's next? Which which who's vacuum balling? It's you. My turn to vacuum ball. <laughs> Here we go. Yolanda Vega, help us out. Come on. Balls, balls, balls. All right. This one comes from Rolf. Who asks? Who would win in a fight between Gladys Foster of Legion and Mrs. Ganish of Drag Me to Hell? <laughs> Wait, Gladys Foster? I don't know. Who's Gladys Foster? Oh, is she that old lady in Legion? Did you ever see that? I saw the beginning. I think I saw all of it. The movie? She's the old... It's that movie with... um. It's like they made a TV series out of it that just got canceled on sci-fi. But it's where the angels, like, rebel. They, like, incite the apocalypse. And it's, like, the angels are killing everybody. And the, But then there's also demons. The demons are killing everybody. And then an angel... I think Paul Bettany shows up and he's an angel. Anyway, um, I think Gladys Foster, I think is this... There's an old lady at the beginning of the movie that's like, Your baby's gonna burn! And it was, like, in the trailer... And then the next scene, like, she gets possessed, and then she jumps up on the ceiling like a fly, but she's an old woman, and she's all like, ah! and stuff. My answer is Mrs. Ganesh, because she's the one I know. (laughs) Now, if it was was between Mrs. Ganesh and the old woman in The Exorcist 3, who crawls around on the ceiling... Oh, I would still say Mrs. Ganesh because let's be real. the thing. Mrs. Ganesh has proved time and again, all throughout, drag me to hell that she is fucking unstoppable mm-hmm. whether she's that movie a, even if she's a corpse laying in a motherfucking casket yeah she's a, you still are gonna get bested by her she's still gonna fall her weird mouth gum gums mouth is gonna go over your chin she's gonna puke all her bile all over you her gum hole her gum hole. Thank you for bringing in. Thank you for consulting Gray's Anatomy and keeping me anatomically correct, Neil. Her Why gum hole. Sh- 
Shove that spinning meat tube in your gum hole and shut up. Jesus Christ. Vacuum <laughs> balls, meat tubes, and gum holes. It's two weeks in on Gaylords of Darkness. This is a horny quarantine, right? Coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> this is Corona sluts over here. <laughs> yeah, real That's, Corona, real yeah. Corona sluts. Nobody, oh. you can cancel Corona zombies. Where's Corona sluts? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, we're not gonna make it. Our, Honestly, who? that's my whole Twitter feed. <laughs> oh, who will survive, and what will be left of them? <laughs> Uh, okay. I feel like we've got, like, one more in us. One more. One more. Okay, let's vacuum ball, vacuum ball, vacuum ball, vacuum ball. Oh, this has to be a good one. Okay. This is hard. (laughs) Oh, dear. Uh, okay. Kevin J. asks, what are your favorite single location horror films and or films that deal specifically with the topic of isolation? Oh, this oh, isn't relevant at all. That's not relevant at all. <laughs> oh, boy. And then, oh, and then a question two. This is actually a two-parter now that I'm looking at, now that I've learned how to read. The part two to go with that is if you were the star of your own single location horror film. Where would it take place, and what were the circumstances that led you to well, be trapped Well, let there? me just turn on FaceTime, and you can all see it. Like, come on, man. I'm living it, baby. I mean, this is it, is it not? This whole Fucking... episode is that horror film. Yeah, this is, yeah. This is our uh, unfriended. Yeah, it's Corona Sluts right here. Corona right Sluts. <laughs> Pancake powder everywhere. <laughs> Anthony's covered in diarrhea for whatever reason. <laughs> and cake. And Ice cream cake. cake. Ice cream cake. I'm covered in pancake powder. <laughs> Anthony's covered in diarrhea, ice cream cake, and hair powder. <laughs> hair dust. Hair dust. <laughs> the microorganisms love it. <laughs> they can flip their hair for once. Oh, man. Single location horror films and the idea of isolation. I mean, I guess I would consider The, the Descent yeah. as part of that. Because you're trapped in a motherfucking cave and that's terrifying. Sure. Um, uh, uh, When you think about isolation and going crazy, I mean, cave and, and like creepy locations. I mean, caves get me. Mm-hmm. Caves fucking get The Descent, As Above, So Below. Um. Not The Hills Have Eyes Part 2, believe it or not, the remake. <laughs> um, The Evil Dead. Oh, it's all the, in that cabin. That motherfucking cabin. Motherfucking cabin. So good. I mean, Texas Chainsaw Massacre is basically single location. I mean, unless you're going to get really, like... Uh, they went out of the foyer excuse me <laughs> right yeah depending on how much of a stickler you're gonna be like yeah they did have to drive to the farmhouse but i mean it's kind of it all all the action takes place there yeah um record does that record uh, oh building. record yeah 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 record a great movie for this era <laughs> i love that movie i feel like i mean that's one. like i'm like what what's wrong with people watching contagion or like uh outbreak but then i'm like really wanting to watch record right now yeah and i don't know what the difference is the difference is angela vidal angela vidal is everything <laughs> 
She should have won all the Pulitzers for her work. She should have. She should have. But she was too busy getting a demon slug put inside her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing later. <laughs> anyway. Single location. This is, I well, mean, well, The Shining. Remember, yeah. The Shining. The Shining is a big one. Oh, the which top. actually, to go back to the soundtrack question. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a good one, right? Yeah, right there. Yeah, man. Wendy Carlos, man. Fuck yeah. Fucking queer icon. Hell yeah. Um, geez, single location. Single now it's location. interesting because I'm like, so many horror films really are just one location. Like House of the Devil is that. Um, right. Although, I mean, well, technically, there's the outside of the house. <laughs> the pizza parlor! <laughs> there's the pizza parlor. Uh... Uh, Rope does that. It's all in the apartment. I don't know if it's really spooky, scary. Rear window does that. Rear window? Oh. Love me some rear window. Talk about a butthole clincher. (laughs) Rear window gives me so much anxiety. I get get clenched butthole from uh, (laughs) any (laughs) time... If you've been experiencing, welcome to my <laughs> welcome to my Instagram live. <laughs> Today I'll be talking about what gives me a clenched butthole. <laughs> Today on Corona Slips, <laughs> clenched butthole <laughs> and spinning meat tubes. <laughs> Compatible. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> What happens when everybody's so horny and so scared at the same time? <laughs> this is what we get. Um, what I was gonna say is, like, any time in a horror movie or a movie where someone is snooping where they shouldn't be and they might get caught, it's one of my favorite little things. It makes me so nervous every time, and that's Rear Window. Yeah. When Grace Kelly is across no, the way, and he's, no. I mean, yeah, it's good shit, man. I love it. Don't go in there, Grace. And then he comes in, and mm-hmm. and they know, but she doesn't, oh my yeah. god, and you're just screaming. Don't the lights go out in that part, mm-hmm. or what? And then, oh my god, oh, I have never been so, un- honestly, when it comes, I mean, yes, Hitchcock, Master of Suspense, but when it comes to suspense, it's like, that the invitation, the descent. Those are the three movies where it's like I cannot breathe during those fucking movies. Invitation's a great single location. It is. Them. It's all in that fucking creepy ass cult house in LA. Mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. Anytime somebody's snooping and they yeah. shouldn't be. And somebody might come home early or whatever. I love it. It just oh, gets me cl- gets all my holes get clenched, you know? Oh. <laughs> Every last one. Every last one. I can't it's breathe. Kegels for days. Kegels for days. I can't hear anything. It's just a mess. But oh I love my it. god. Yeah. Yeah, rear window. Ooh. That yeah. one. That as much as much shit as I talked about ver, uh, Vertigo a uh, few episodes back. I mean, Rear Window is the pinnacle. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, even maybe more so than Psycho for me in terms of Hitchcock films. I fucking me love too. Rear Window. So love upsetting. Rear Window. Yeah. So upsetting. It's good shit, man. Wow. Well, we did it. We did it. I'm not sure what we did. Well, was we, it worth we it? We clinched. 
We clenched. <laughs> we spun. <laughs> we tubed. We tubed. We vacuumed. We vacuumed up all the balls. <laughs> <laughs> My God. Listen, I told you. I'm sorry, listeners. Okay? I'll want to watch a horror movie again someday, and we can stop this nonsense and go back to, oh, I like the part where the camera looked at the thing, and then there was... But what about the part where she was formative and had agency? <laughs> She's a perfect queen. I like the perfect queen. I like the perfect queen. This show, but I'd like it more if it was Suspiria. I'd like it, it was... more if I could go outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, there you go. This hardly put a dent in the questions. No. I'm staring at this sheet and I'm like, we still have 27 pages. Yeah. That said, listeners... Continue to send us more questions because I think we went through some really fun ones today and yes. we need to re we need to keep this in circulation, baby. So email us your questions at gaylords at gaylordsofdarkness.com. You can also direct message them to us um, through Twitter at Gaylords of D, through Instagram at Gaylords of Darkness or through Facebook at Gaylords of Darkness. Well, aren't you professional? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, I quit. <laughs> Wow, for a haunted tome made out of skin, it's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my god! god. Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Darkness! Ha, 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 ha.